0: What a great song. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh Father, we definitely want to know you at a deeper level. Father, we do see your creation and it inspires us and it just calls to something deep within us that we know that there's nothing that our hands can fashion that can even come close to the beauty of your creation. And Father, just to to think that you you want to draw us closer and you want to be near us and that you love us. And all the songs that we've sung this morning about you rescuing us and how our sin just, it just binds us. But you want to set us free and how we're prone to wander and we just really wish that we could just be so close to you. But we, we, we are just so challenged in our sinful nature, God. But you don't, you don't just cast us away. You, you, you draw us near with cords of loving kindness, with, with righteousness and, and holiness and, and mercy and compassion. And Wow, God, thank you just for your heart and who you are. And just so grateful to, to read the scriptures to see how you've revealed yourself to us. And, and you are who you are, Father. You, you are the great I am. And Father, I pray that we can worship you and praise you and be grateful for you. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, today can uh, really be an expression of our gratitude to you. And I pray that when you see this humble gathering of, of people, that, that your heart can be warmed, that, that we are t- just striving to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you so much, Father for loving us and redeeming us. Thank you for adopting us into your family and for being willing us to to give us a lasting possession that can never perish, spoil, or fade. We love you and we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we are going to uh, continue our our Exodus series this morning, but I have been given a very special announcement that I'm going to read to you. So, I don't mess it up, right? Because the older I get, the more I mess stuff up. Here we go. This past Friday, after two years of dating, a certain somebody proposed to a certain somebody, and she responded, Of course we're excited to announce the engagement of Mike Sadoff and Pam Whitney. Amen. Amen. So happy for you guys. So happy for you. Didn't I fire you up? Let's just stop the church service right there and just just celebrate with Pam and Mike. Amen. But if you stick around, there might be more announcements. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. You can't leave in the middle of the sermon. If you do, you won't hear all the other announcements. So we're going to keep moving, right? Amen. I only got a few minutes, right? So we're going to continue our our series, Exodus, a story uh, that really isn't a myth. It's not some legend that some person wrote down and made up. This is the story of how God intervened in real time and real space. And this is not just a story that's supposed to be confined to the Old Testament of your Bibles to be just looked at every now and then. This actual, the the story of the Exodus really works itself out throughout Scripture. This concept of people being in bondage and they can't do anything, they can't set themselves free. But luckily there is a God who is willing to do that for us. so the story of Exodus, set, setting people free to bring God glory, we're going to continue that series. And, and last week, Douglas uh, started off part one uh, with what we call the, the seven I wills of deliverance. And, and these, this is a moment when, when Moses did everything God told him to do, and, and he went to the ruler of Egypt, and he said, you, you know, God says, Yahweh says, you need to let his people go. And, and, and Pharaoh didn't want to hear that. And things went from bad to worse. And Moses was like, man, I thought this was going to be easier. This isn't good. And he goes back to God, God, what, what's going on? And God makes a statement that he, he shows himself who he is. And he, and he says, I will, seven times in this one part of Scripture. And so Douglas uh, talked about some of that last week. Uh, and today we're going to pick up and, and, and pick up on the, on the rest of that. And it's in Exodus chapter 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land. I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. And last week, Douglas talked about liberation and and redemption. And he talked about how God says, you know, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to free you from your situation. And if you think about it, if God had only done that, he'd have been a pretty good God. Right? He could have just freed them. He could have just said, you're free. I'm just going to break your shackles and I'm just going to set you free. Bye-bye now. I mean, seriously, God, could, you could have, wow, what a humanitarian act to free all those people from, from Egypt. If he had just stopped right there, that's that's good. But then in a sense, maybe he would have been considered a thief, right? Because in a worldly sense, those were Pharaoh's people, I mean, he owned them in a worldly sense, but no, so God redeemed them. It was, it was a transaction, kind of like a financial transaction, right? He paid the ransom like, like Douglas talked about. You know, God's not a thief, right? But he redeemed them. He paid that ransom to set them free. Once again, could have stopped there, but that's not where the story stops because today we're talking about other concepts of adoption and this concept of possession and You know, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Think about that. God's saying, I I will take you as my people. I'm not just gonna set you free and leave you somewhere. I'm taking you to myself to be mine. And I want I want a relationship with you. This is not just about a bunch of rules to follow. I'm setting you feet for a reason. I want you to be with me, you're mine. I want a connection with you. But when you think about it, what was their daily life at this point? Their daily life was dealing with them under a, a regime that was oppressing them, enslaving them, a, a injustice everywhere. No sympathy, just a bunch of misery. They were slaves, that was their, their lifestyle. And this is the offer that God gives them, right? I mean, Pharaoh, my goodness, remember this part? I mean, my goodness, this is like a snapshot of what life was like for these guys, right? Okay, yeah, you, you're a slave, you need to work, but you know, I'm gonna make it even harder for you. You need to supply, the, the, you know, the, everything, and I, no straw for making the bricks, you know, let them go, gather their own straw. Verse 8, require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let's go sacrifice to God. Make the work harder for the people so they keep working and pay no attention to lies about God. That's what this world is like. If you haven't figured that out yet. As we've said before, Pharaoh is representative of this world. The present world system. Hostile to God and just wants you to produce get whatever they can out of you. That's this world. That's Pharaoh's heart. You exist for my benefit. I own your life. Produce, build my kingdom for my glory. That's who Pharaoh is. You can't worship, I'm I'm a God, you worship me. You don't go somewhere and worship somebody else. That's Pharaoh's heart. Personal welfare, I don't care about your life. I don't care about you, I don't care care about you. Produce, get it done. That's this present world system, right? That's the way things work, people. But you contrast this reality with what God's trying to do. Remember when God first kind of introduced himself to Moses, so to speak. What did he say at the beginning? I have seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the heart of God. And then he told Moses, you need to tell Pharaoh this. Tell him that this is what the Lord says. Israel is what? my firstborn son. That's how God feels about his people. This is family. This is, that's, this is the heart of God. We, 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 gotta be, we have to see the contrast here. It shouldn't be very hard to feel grateful that God's willing to take us in as his own people and to be our God. Because when we look at Pharaoh and we contrast him with God, it's an easy choice. But here's the deal. I've found in our lives that there's another problem here. We know Pharaoh's bad. We get it. We know God is good. We get that. But sometimes here's the deal that I think we like to work out. Hey, God, set me free. Appreciate it. Free me from all the craziness of the world. But, you know, I don't like that you being my God kind of telling me what to do, because there's somebody else that I like to answer to a lot more. Person in the mirror. That's what we have to watch out for. Because some of us like that. I I like being free from from, from Pharaoh and from this world. But the I will be your God part, sometimes we, eh, I'm good. I don't like to be micromanaged, God. I'm, I'm, you, you know, you, you want me to be happy. I'm happiest when I make my own choices. So, so keep your distance, God. Save me. Keep, now keep saving me when I'm in trouble. You know, have all those problems. You know, I appreciate that. But lead me to myself. Self. Self. That's our God many times. The God of self. And here's the problem with the God of self. It doesn't come across so overtly evil like Pharaoh in the world. But here's the problem with self, too. It's not naturally becoming more like God either. And when you're not becoming more like God, slowly but surely, yourself will enslave you, too. And that's not God's plan for your life. Some of you are so stubborn. I'm right there with you. There's some things in our lives we want off limits to anybody, God included. But that's not the plan of God. God's not up. And here's the other deal. God's not so much into individual lives. Americans, we just individualize every scripture. God, you know, God's trying to take a people out of Egypt. Do you know what I'm saying? He's trying to draw a people out of the world. The church, right? We belong to each other. We're in this together. But man, we get this individual, it's me, it's my life, it's what I'm doing. Stay out of my life. Get y'all people out of my business. That's never the way God's always been like. We're a family. Brothers, sisters, right? We're, We're in this together. Stop being so selfish and focus on yourself, right? Take what God has given you, adoption into his family with other people. Not just you. Right. So we got to remember that it's a great deal, but don't be fooled. Self is a strong God, too, that tries to pull us away from the true God. But what else does God say? He says, you know, I'll bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I mean, that that's powerful. I mean, God's saying, look, I what what is he saying here? He's saying, look, I have been dealing with people for a long time, Moses. I made a promise to Abraham and I'm going to hold true to it because I'm a covenant keeper. You guys are covenant breakers. Amen. We'll, I'll deal with that. But not me. I'm a covenant keeper. I made a promise to Abraham. I reaffirmed it with Isaac and Jacob. And here I am with you. I'm going to hold true to my word. I'm going to bring you up out here. And I'm going to take you to a land that's way better than this. You think Egypt's great? Wow. Wait till, you, wait till you get a load of where I'm taking. It's amazing. It is incredible. And I'm going to take you there. And guess what? When you get there, I'm not giving it to you so you can just be squatters. So you can just be refugees. That's not my plan. I'm giving it to you as your own. You're not going to be renting. It's yours. It's yours whoa, think about about these Israelites. What do they have at this point? They got no army. They got nothing. They don't have one chariot, no no weapons, no armor, nothing. They have no prestige, no political power, no power of any kind. And they definitely don't have a land of their own. And so God's like, I got this covered. I'm going to take you out of here. And I'm going to give you something that's going to be yours. That's an incredible promise from God. An absolutely incredible promise. Do we believe these types of promises? Here's our problem, right? And here's the problem that we will see that they will have. Man, sometimes we just think that where we are is like the promised land. If we just make a couple tweaks, life will be great. If I just had a little more money in this life, oh, man, I could make myself a good life up in here. That's how we are. We want this to be the promised land. God said, this ain't ever been the promised land. You're not supposed to try to make this the greatest place in the world in a sense, right? You're supposed to go, hey, I'm going to live my life the best I can here. But man, God never said this was the ultimate destination. This is not the ultimate destination. So stop trying to make it like this incredible place. Hey, this is a fallen world, all right? Hey, let's be grateful this isn't the final destination, if you know what I'm saying. Let's be grateful that there is an inheritance for us, those that are are adopted into the family of God, that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Amen that God has that promise waiting for us. This world in its present state is decaying and it's not going to last, all right? It will be judged, right? But there will be a new earth the way it should be that's where we ultimately will end up and it'll be our own even though you and I don't deserve it any we don't deserve a thing but God will make it happen because that's the nature of our God and so when you hear this you think how could anybody not want this deal this is a great deal So Moses, he hears this from God, all of these I wills, God will this, God will that. Man, and he goes back to his people. And surely, right, this is going to be easy, a slam dunk. But no, Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Isn't that how life is sometimes? I so wanted to just end the sermon right there with all the good stuff, right? but then that's not real life because we hear all these great things from God, but sometimes we don't hear it, but we don't really take it to heart. And, 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 and the Israelites, they heard all these things that God's going to do, but they didn't trust that he'd come through for them. Do you believe God's going to come through for you? I think that's a great question. I believe you need to ask yourself that question. Do you believe God will come through? I appreciate Mike, Mike Sadoff shared at our midweek. He said, it's not like God said I might. God said, I will. Do you, but do you take him at his word? Or are you going to look at your surroundings? Right? Like the Israelites did. They looked at their surroundings. They looked at themselves and they thought, there's no chance. We, this, is, this is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. We're, there's no way we can get out of this being enslaved. And so they were just discouraged and they just looked at their situation. But what does God do? God says, Moses, you keep going. You tell Pharaoh, let them go out of this country. God's, God's even if we're faithless, God's going to be faithful. He's going to keep going with his plan. But then his boy, his, his guy, his, his, his main guy, look at Moses. Yeah, but man, if the Israelites won't listen to me, why in the world is Pharaoh going to listen to me? Since I speak with faltering lips, what's Moses doing? Making excuses again, right? So who's he focused on? <sighs> God, but you guys can't relate to that. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean, none, none of us can relate to that. I mean, but you just go, Moses, come on, bro. Just because you reach reached a little bit of, of an obstacle here, don't start looking at yourself again. It's not about you. It's about who? God. It's not about what you can or cannot do. It's about what God will do. It's not about what you can or cannot do. It's about what God will do. The Israelites missed it and Moses missed it. Will you miss it? Will you today miss it? Are you more concerned about your present situation? This is, this is hopeless. I'm never going to get out of this sin. It just got me. I'm never going to change. This church is never going to change. I've been trying to change it. They don't listen to any of my great ideas, and, and uh, they don't do it at my job either or my HOA or anywhere in my life. If the world would just listen to me, it would be a better place, right? But woe is me. I'll never win. It's, it's just hopeless. I'm discouraged. My situation's harsh. Me, me, I, I, I. If that's who you are, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. You need to remember who God is and what he will do, not what he might do, what he will do. You need to remember what he has done because we don't live in the time and space Moses did. Let's at least give Moses a break. He hadn't seen all the things that you and I have seen or read about. But at the end of the day, you've read about it, but you've not seen some of these things. So you have to trust And believe that God comes through he comes through even when we're faltering and fading he comes through so are you serving Pharaoh God or yourself I want you to think about that this week (laughs) who are you serving I hope you choose God wholehearted service I want you to meditate on the fact this week that this world is not our promised land. Something better awaits. What do I want you to do with this message? Well, the last couple weeks, I want hey, share with someone how God has liberated you, redeemed you, what it feels like to be adopted into a family and to know that you have a possession waiting for you that no one can take away from you. Share that with somebody. Stop showing up to church being a spectator. Do something with it, right? Because God's trying to, guess what? Your neighbor, your coworker, they might be enslaved too. And they don't know about the, the great liberator. They don't know unless you share it. You say, oh, but, but see, I'm not a preacher, man. I, I don't have all these gifts. of this. You don't need no gifts. You just need a heart to share. You just need to reflect on what God's done for you don't let it get old brothers and sisters you don't need to have gifts of speaking you just need to have a heart to share but this is the message to the israelites yeah but again it is the message of scripture over and over again we're stuck we can't get ourselves out god gets us out god sets us free god pays the price jesus on the cross sets us free just so we can live for ourselves nah, no sets us free so we can give him glory and we can tell the story of how God is a, per, is a God who sets people free. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Don't just spectate at church. Share the stuff that you hear. And we're going to take the Lord's Supper. When I was, you know, preparing the thoughts for the Lord's Supper, there's two passages. I was like, I'm going to choose one because I want to be tidy and I don't want to drag it on. But I like both scriptures. And so I thought to myself, self? But I do think these two passages, I think, can kind of help us with all these themes that we've been talking about. First one's in Colossians. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Is that an amen on that? How about this one? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You see, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. And let's reflect on these thoughts As we pray and as we get ready to take the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. God, I'm grateful to be able to to know who you are. It really is an incredible privilege to know who you are. And in your revealing of who you are we learn who we are and you created us unlike any of the other created beings father you created us in in your image so that we could reflect you in this world we can be your image bearers and even though we're struggling with sin, that wants to enslave us and take us over. Father, we can look to you for salvation. And we can't save ourselves. We can't do it. Only you can provide the salvation that we need. I'm so grateful that you don't want us just to be slaves like Pharaoh had. You want us to be, if anything, slaves of righteousness but you want us to be sons and, and daughters. Thank you for adopting us into your family, for loving us, for giving us mercy and compassion and for sending Jesus who never faltered in the mission. And he paid the price for us, Father, to set us free and liberate us. And he's not ashamed to call us brother or sister. And Father, because of his death on that cross and, and because you proved your power, raised him from the dead, how Jesus, because of that resurrected life, Father, we can look to that and be assured to know that you will not let us see our death as our final moment. You will raise us from the dead. You will give us an inheritance that will never spoil or fade. And we know you will because of every page of those scriptures that you've given us, God. Where we see you come through time and time again. And we know that all the promises are true and yes in Jesus. We're grateful for Jesus. We love him. We need him. We are grateful for this bread that represents his body and for the cup that we will drink that represents his blood. Thank you, Father, for saving us when we couldn't save ourselves. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.